Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I have a very special guest, a very special show ahead. My guest today is Kathy Najimy. She's an actor, director, writer, producer, activist. You might recognize her from acting in roles like Sister Mary Patrick in the Sister Act movies. She's also a Sanderson sister in Hocus Pocus. I mean, she's, come on, she's one of the witches in Hocus Pocus. Right alongside Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. She's also been in Veep, Rat Race. She's the voice of Peggy Hill on King of the Hill. She, of course, co-wrote the Kathy and Mo show with Mo Gaffney. She's truly brilliant. And I can't wait for you guys to hear my chat with her because I've had a lot of wonderful people on the show. Truly some fantastic guests. But I came out of this interview and I felt like this was one of my favorite chats that I've ever done. I just loved talking to Kathy. She was so warm, so kind, so brilliant. And I hope you guys enjoy listening as much as I enjoy talking to her. It felt like a therapy session. Like truly, when I hung up the phone, I was like, oh my God, I felt like I just had a wonderful therapy session. Truly so fantastic to talk to. So before I play that chat, I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to Everything Iconic on iTunes, Spotify, or Acast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll put all the links in the episode description. And with that said, I want you guys to enjoy my chat with Queen Icon Legend, Kathy Najimy. Thank you. I will leave you guys all with this chat. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, please enjoy. Oh, a jukebox. Oh, one song, one song. No, Do you no, have a no, one song, no, please? no. Come on, he does. All right. It'll come back to you tenfold. Thanks. Hurry up. Hurry up. Oh, I love this song. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me tonight. One dance. I'll be right back, please. <laughs> Danny, Daniel, Danny. Uh, hi, Kathy and Jimmy. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay, too. First of all, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me for the show. I am such a ginormous fan of you. I have been my whole life, and I'm just so so grateful for you to taking uh, for you taking the time. Well, it's my pleasure. I, 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 we all get a lot of these kinds of requests these days. <laughs> but um, my friend said, oh, you're going to love him. He's great. And I went up and looked up your show, and it's fantastic. I'm honored to be on. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, where are you right now, and how are you doing throughout all of this craziness? I am sitting at my desk looking out at a rainy street on uh, 57th Street in Manhattan. Uh, it's pretty dead. One car just went by, which is exciting. That's a parade for us these days. <laughs> and um, uh, we're doing okay. I'm here with my husband, Dan Finnerty, and my daughter, Samia, and Jimmy Finnerty. And um, I would say, like, you know, 20, I don't know, 20 out of the 24 hours a day were okay. And then, right. you know, we have, we have a lot of... Um, sadness about what's happening in the world and so like most other people um 
you know, helping, giving, uh, donating, starting mm-hmm. up projects um, makes it a little more bearable. And you've always been, I was doing a lot of my research um, last night, and you've always been such a wonderful activist for women's rights, LGBTQ rights, AIDS awareness. I was so impressed by your charity efforts. Were you always someone who was like that? Or did that was that a part of you that kind of came later? Or does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I was an activist, born an activist before I was an actor. In fact, I never really had designs to actually, I would do a lot of like, you know, like most actors, like skits in the neighborhood and forcing everybody to do like a Bette Midler review in the seventh grade and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and putting on plays for money. But I, it wasn't like when I closed my eyes, I didn't think I'm going to be Lana Turner. You know, I... um I knew I would be something that had to, in in my head, once I read an article, I don't know what it was in, and it talked about La Mama, and in my head I thought, oh, I want to go to New York and run La Mama, which is a small theater, you know, theater in New York. But, um, you know, the acting happened, which was fortunate, and most of it a lot of fun. But no, I was an activist. uh, Well, I was a creative person and an activist at the same time. Um, Ms. Magazine was a huge part of my life because, you know, we grew up in Southeast San Diego and there was no internet. So you didn't know there were like-minded people out there like you. So you had no Mm -hmm. tribe. So there wasn't really a force politically. But once um, Ms. Magazine came from my brother's grocery store, the food basket. um, Everything opened up. (laughs) Everything opened up and... Um, I learned about Gloria Steinem and feminism and the African-American women in the middle of the country who started feminism. And um, it was like having your crazy alone thoughts reflected back to you in such a really exciting way. What advice do you have for people kind of living through this time right now and trying to remain positive? I don't know if you feel this way, but I've struggled to figure out how I can help or what I can do to mm-hmm. both help the people who need it and also help people's uh, take their minds off things. And, and I think it can be very discouraging every time you turn on the news. It's so dark. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do this podcast, which is mostly a lot of fun, and that is people's light, you know, like yeah. going movies and TV and podcasts and radio shows. And, you know, the public theater is putting up their plays for free to watch, and many theaters are. And, I mean, there's just such an outpouring from um, the creative community as well as, you know, all, all the communities, but as far as content. So um, that is really heartwarming. But, you know, what... What do you do, really? I I feel like, um, here's what I really feel. I feel like uh, I grew up uh, in a six-person family in southeast working class San Diego. We were on welfare some of the time. and um, But, you know, since I was able to be um, a keynote speaker and an actor and a director, I... We're okay. We have food and we, our dog is right here and we are two blocks away from Central Park so we can put on our masks and go. So, you know, how are we scared? Um, empathetic, pissed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think, you know, we all agree. Well, no, we all agree, but some of us agree that if we had a leader that was a, a little, um, more forthcoming mm-hmm. and, um, not adult, mm-hmm. um, then we could have been a little more prepared and informed. But, you know, I, I, I see, you know, I, I, 
I made pasta the other day and put it in Tupperwares and took it out to the people on the corners, and we have nothing to be sad about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I mean, sad, sad in a way for the world, but like we're 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 doing fine, and um, it's all about just it's you know, isn't it? Is it weird to you that we don't know when it's going to end? So like, oh my god, the mis- mixed messaging, the confusion, the that's what hits me. I'm someone who suffers from anxiety anyway. And so just the not knowing, like you said, and not having sort of an end date of when we can get back to business as usual. It's, it's very tough. And I actually worry about people, um, more mentally, actually. I know everyone's focusing on the physical and we're all concerned about getting this COVID-19 and all of that, which mm-hmm. is something to worry about. But I also worry about people who are cooped up and alone. I'm lucky I have my boyfriend here and we have each other, but I think for people who suffer from anxiety and depression, this is catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And that's, I worry. Yeah, the, the loneliness is palpable. It's re- How long have you been with your boyfriend? Uh, 10 years. 10 <gasps> years. That's, yeah. that's 30 in straight years. Congratulations. I know. <laughs> I know. There was a moment, though, that I like really broke down this weekend. I was watching an interview you did with Deborah Messing on the Build series. Mm-hmm. And this woman in the audience raised her hand and she thanked you for, for, um, representation on screen and you immediately gave her a hug and i just like broke down i thought like when are we gonna hug people again like that's Mm. what i keep thinking is when am i gonna get to hug my families all in ohio when am i gonna get to hug them it Mm. just i don't know that that moment and that realization as i was prepping for this interview Mm -hmm. was when it really kind of hit me yeah i mean they have different projections thank god for cuomo the Cuomo's mm-hmm. man, they are killing it. Did you see the um, the announcement this morning that he made? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. What did he <laughs> say? God, he's just so damn smart. He just is saying, you know, get, like answering some of the questions that you have about what they're predicting the due date is. He feels, you know, like a lot of people are saying that we have peaked and we're on the way down. And um, you know, here here's here's the good news. This is a great equalizer. I think our country might have filled in some of the cracks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be a lot of loss, uh, a lot of sadness, a lot of loneliness, and hunger <laughs> and unemployment. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, what we're all working on every day from our computers. But I think there's also going to be a shift in, you know, all man and womankind, like one for all and all for one, not so so many different levels, not mm-hmm. so separate, not so much them and us. That's what I'm hoping. I hope so, too. Yeah, I really am. I mean, it, it just seems like there's no other way out. Right, right. Well, uh, switching gears a little bit, one of the things that helps me throughout this time is watching those comfort food movies. Just this weekend, I watched Rat Race, which I love. Um, uh, I think Rat Race is like very underrated. I think it's just so <laughs> silly and so ridiculous and funny, and you're hysterical in it. Um, oh, thank you. But uh, you've been in everything. You've been in so many of those comfort food movies. Do you have? I like, love that you call them comfort food. They are, movies. Kathy. They're like a warm hug. <laughs> They're like a warm biscuit. The amount of times that I've watched the Sister Act films throughout my life, like when I've been my most down, like those Mm -hmm. movies, they help lift you out of the darkness. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they're so important. So incredibly important. Do you have a favorite of all the projects you've done? Is that like picking a favorite child or something? That's a really good question. You know, I did something called the Kathy and Mo show for on and off for 20 years that I wrote with my friend Mo Gaffney, which was a two woman feminist comedy. Brilliant. And um, that was what, that's the thing that I'm 
most proud of is that because we wrote it and did it forever and did two HBO specials and it really deals with things that I care about, which is what you started off saying about yeah. um, the, the gay and uh, lesbian community and uh, well, the LGBTQ community and women and, you know, humanity and compassion and equality, blah, blah, blah. So that's the thing that I, I am most proud of. I really had a lot of fun on the Sister Act movies. The Sister Act 2 was so much fun because we had all those kids mm-hmm. and they were crazy fun and I was like the weird aunt I was I lived in New York at the time but we were staying I was staying in LA filming so I had an apartment with a pool and they would all come over and swim and we would take crazy pictures to send to their parents you know of us like 20 of us all in a bed with our faces oh peeking God. out and like they were so much fun i loved working with them and of course the great lauren hill who was not uh, not known then i mean that cast uh, was so stacked with those kids oh it, uh, unbelievable I, I remember i was having lunch with lauren she's so smart and we would have lunch and talk about i don't know how old she was maybe 17 or 18 and we would have talks about god and theology and the future of the world and she was so smart and i remember she was sketching one day and i said we were eating lunch and i said what are you sketching she goes oh it's um maybe an album cover for a band that i'm putting together and I said, oh, and I sort of thought in my head, like, patted her on the back, like, oh, good for you. Yes, your oh album. And then, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was that the Miseducation album? Or? That, that was the first album with her group. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> well, that movie, I, I have the most vivid memory of my brothers and I. We rented that movie from the video store. And mm-hmm. we watched that end scene, the come and join the car. It's like that, mm-hmm. um, the musical end scene. Mm-hmm. We kept rewinding it over and over again. We were trying to memorize <laughs> it and we, we were literally obsessed with it. And, and there was a large portion of my childhood. And I've been fortunate to have a lot of the people that, uh, I was obsessed with because I've always been a pop culture junkie. And I remember being obsessed with, with you, with Whoopi Goldberg, with Bonnie Hunt, with, with some of these comedians uh-huh. and, and people who I would watch. I remember watching that movie and thinking like, Kathy's got the good lines in that. Of course, there's funny <laughs> parts for everyone, but I was like, she, and even Hocus Pocus too. It's like, oh, that's the funny role. That's the role I would want. Or, uh. and Bonnie Hunt, I, she, of course, always played like the, the friend. And mm-hmm. I always thought like she had the fun lines. Isn't um, she great? Oh, oh my God, God she's the best. So good. The best. Oh, she's so great. Um, but so are you. And those, uh, Sister Act movies are so fun. Did you get to improvise on those at all? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard to cast, a. <laughs> a Whoopi Goldberg or a Kathy and Jimmy without thinking that they're going to mm-hmm. improv a little. Um, so yeah, I've been pretty lucky. I've, I've not been a part of a project. I've been in um, some drama series and, and dramatic movies where of course you don't want to mess with it too much, mm-hmm. but the comedy stuff, I've been lucky enough for the director to say, all right, let's just let Kathy have a, just say what you want now, you know, or whatever. And sometimes they'll keep it and sometimes not, but I don't remember really anyone saying like you know unless it was a shakespeare thing like stick to the text um you know and in all cases we had great scripts but you know yeah they let they let us they let us improv there was a few moments i think in the first one when you're dancing i always think like oh that must have been so fun to Uh with that (laughs) out on the street Mm -hmm. it's like part of a montage or something but you're yeah they like leave you um, yeah, that was that was my that was my dance that I used to do to make people laugh. And a little bit of trivia. If you look closely, there's in in the movie, there's a dog in one scene, Whoopi is working in the um, courtyard. 
and there's a dog and, and she looks over at the dog and goes and sits down and pats the dog and that's my dog. That was, oh. that's my soulmate dog, Alfini. And, um, and that. then in the dancing scene, you look and see and I run out with them. I, I realize they've walked away and I'm dancing and you'll see a little dog follow me and that's Alfini too. Oh. So that's one of my favorites. I know and I love that. I love that. Did you know that I had heard, I had read this bit of trivia that Bette Midler was originally attached to star in the Whoopi Goldberg um, role in the Sister Act movies. Did you, were you aware of that when you signed on? Because I know you looked up to her and really loved her. Kathy, I lost you. You know what? Oh, sorry. I I'm, lost you for a I, second. I muted you with my face fat. Oh, no, no kidding. Literally <laughs> my face fat just muted you. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I had heard, because I knew everything about Bette Midler. I was like number one fan, knew everything. So I knew that she had been offered it. and um, But I was so thrilled it was Whoopi because, you know, I knew Whoopi, oh gosh, since for years and years before that. She moved from New York to San Diego where I was living and became part of the theater scene. And we met, we both, we were friends. I used to um, take her daughter, Alexandra, who now I, who now I think, Alex is a grandmother, mm-hmm. but I used to take Alex to um, to nursery school, and I used to see Whoopi at this like artist gathering called the Big Kitchen, and then Whoopi and I got cast in a four-person traveling political theater group, because remember, it was the 70s, mm-hmm. and I remember we got paid $500 a month. We were so beyond, we couldn't even believe our good fortune. Like We were the highest paid actors we'd ever known, sure. $500 a month. It was so great. <laughs> and so we got to create and tour these um, short plays about working conditions and the environment and things like that. So I knew her. Plus, I had done, um, you know, I've done a lot of films with Obi, and people have said like, oh, our are you in her contract? And I say, no, honestly, I walked onto Soap Dish. Soap Dish, and I was, right. Yeah. And I said, you're in this? She goes, yeah, you're in this? I was like, oh, my God, great. I walked onto Sister Act. She said, you're in this? I said, you're in this? So, and then and then again with Rat Race, Rat Race and yeah. then Sister Act 2 and, like, uh, you know, so many things. Um, so, no, it was always a great, a great surprise because I knew her and loved her. And I'm uh, obsessed with The View. I watch it every night on Hulu. And you guys did, like, a Sister Act reunion last year. That was so fun. View, and it was so joyous to watch. I encourage everyone to look it up on YouTube if they didn't see it, because it is just so much fun. And where, excuse my language, where the fuck is part three, Kathy and Jimmy? Like, why haven't we gotten a part three? You know, it's interesting that you should say that. I'm not a really big person for um, sequels, because mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, like, wow, what could possibly be, what can they do now? But um, but the, the second one, you know, obviously was successful and a lot of fun. But Whoopi is actually championing um, a third so she's been really trying hard. I think she even wrote a script. And I saw her at the big gay day at the Barclay Center a couple months ago. And, um, and you know, she really is for it. So I don't know. I, I think if, you know, Whoopi gets what Whoopi wants. I mean, I think it'd be perfect for Disney Plus. And it just is like the feel-good musical thing we need right now, I think. I don't, that's yeah. my, my opinion. Um, yeah. You mentioned Bet. What did you like about her growing up? Like, what what was it about her that really attracted you to to like her so much? First of all, I had never seen someone who 
was so dedicated to creating her own rules. Mm -hmm. Like she wasn't like the lady. She was very sexy, very funny, very beautiful, but on her own terms. She wasn't like sort of the ladylike women we had seen on TV that were supposed to dress a certain way and act a certain way with just a little bit of boob peeking out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like she, she was hilarious and a great dramatic actress, as you know, as well. Mm -hmm. And I loved her boldness. I loved that she created the persona and the life that she wanted. It was totally original. And that spoke to me as a little plump Lebanese girl in San Diego, you know. So um, it hurt. I had a couple of, of guiding lights. Um, Lily Tomlin was huge in uh, my life. The best. And, and she, yeah, and she's the one who really inspired the Kathy and Mo show because we thought, oh, my gosh, you can write and act about things you believe in that are political mm -hmm. and still be funny. So she was huge. And then, of course, Bette for those reasons. And then Gloria Steinem for, for you know, being the flagship feminist and, and our beacon and leading us. And, right. um, and you're close yeah. with Gloria, right? You're, I am. Yeah. I, I am very close with her. I talk to her. About every two days, and when we were able to see each other, you know, a lot, but she is just one of the best humans alive. I sound like a crazy fan, but another clip that I saw on YouTube as I was researching was uh, you were being interviewed by Katie Couric, and it was back when Hocus Pocus was coming out, so I guess 93 oh, wow. or something, and you had mentioned um, Gloria and in that interview and, and meeting her. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, yeah. Yeah, I, I have known Gloria for a while, but that interview is hilarious for a lot of reasons, and I'll tell you why. Please. I didn't know I didn't know Katie then, and I and I, I know her now. She lives in New York, and literally one of the smartest people alive. She is one of the smartest, most productive. Or do you follow her, like on it's social so media? I literally just signed up for her newsletter, which I'm obsessed with. It's like an email newsletter, wake up call. Yeah, the I morning, think. The, the wake up call. Yeah, and I love it. It's like a great way to get your news in like little bite sized pieces. Yeah every morning and she like grows her own tomatoes and she makes her own apple pie and she like well sew the the freaking tablecloth that you're eating on and she she's like a really like the and really fun like a very fun person but anyway so i didn't know her then and and uh, they said you know will you do the show and it was i'm not a, i'm not a morning person so you can tell i'm really tired because i had to wake up at something like 6 a.m and and i i said i said um <laughs> You know, she said, did you have any problems with the script? And I said, yeah, I just wanted them to add that, you know, the original witches were women who were healthcare workers and healers. And um, sometimes they'd go in and deliver a baby and sometimes the baby would die. And that's where the whole thing of the, the, the witches, the baby killing witches came from. Right. And you know, when I said um, also sometimes they would perform, um, you know, much needed uh, abortions if it was medical or whatever. And and Katie looks at me like, it's seven in the morning. <laughs> it's so fun. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I thought it was like an awkward interview. And uh, yeah, sometimes I go too far. But then we've become friends and since then. And sometimes we talk about it. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I oh, I feel like if you've got an opportunity and a but bunch you can't of people help yourself. To and you, that's, that's you great. Yeah, if you're on a talk show, like look at my talk shows. It's all like <laughs> I was at the gay march on Washington yesterday, and you know what? I don't give it. I don't give a Good shit. Good for you. Yeah, who cares? You've one life. I just do what I believe in. Talk and like about people what you can, want to talk about. They could turn it down if they don't like it. Right. They could change the channel. They could turn it off. I know. Yeah. Um, 
But I also love that you were sticking up for witches on that interview. You were like saying, I, yeah. I believe you said you had asked Disney or something in Hocus Pocus to maybe change a, a line or two mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. were sticking up for witches. And, and I think all minority groups, all of the others, they need people like you who are in a position of power to go to the script person and say, hey, can we change this? This is, you know, I watch things now, like from the the 90s or the 80s or whatever. And I look at I'm gay and I look at gay stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, who wrote that? Like, why did anyone Mm -hmm. allow that? Right? Yeah, no, I look at it. Here's the benefit. The benefit is, is that you only have one life and whatever your authentic being is, whatever you are pulled to do, you have to speak up and I speak up. The, the, the reverse side is, is a lot of people don't choose to work with someone like that. And, and people say, aren't you afraid if you say that you won't get cast? And I say, it's totally my right to say it, but I respect their right not to cast me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't ever feel like someone should believe the way I believe or to work with me if they know that I'm going to do talk shows and talk about things I believe in. That's their complete right. So I have no issue with that at all. And, and I know that some people believe that if you are a public figure, you don't have the right to have a political opinion. And if and if that works for people, and I, I'm not being facetious, if it does work, that's fantastic. It just is, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, it's your prerogative. It's my prerogative. Uh, that movie, though, Hocus Pocus, I mean, did you ex- expect it now to be like such a thing? Because it wasn't super successful before, but now it's no. a whole phenomenon. They Even in the parks now have Sanderson sisters around Halloween time, they do the Put a Spell on You. and Which, by the way, oh, yeah. why isn't I Put a Spell on You on streaming services? <laughs> what do you mean? Like the, the video of it? The song. You can't, oh, you can't yeah. listen to the song on Spotify or um, iTunes. It's like not available. Not available our version, but it's available other people. Like, right, I just like the original. Nina, uh, yeah, I, I listened to Nina Simone's version the other day. It was so fantastic. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question for someone who is smarter than me. Yeah, I don't, did you I don't know. Re- did, you re- did you record vocals for that, or was it just Bet who did vocals? No, that, that you was guys all did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so did you expect that to be this huge thing? Oh, so yeah, no, you were right. <clears throat> it came last in its weekend. It was the last place. And, you know, you, uh, we were making, I was, we were lucky enough to be making a lot of films at that time. So you make a film and then it comes out a whole year later. Mm-hmm. And so you never know whether it's going to go straight to video or be a huge success, but you sort of pass it. You're, you're done with it. And then it comes out. So it came out and it was, I think, last in the weekend, you know, in the ratings. But we, it wasn't terribly sad or, I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer, but we were all onto other things. And so that was that. And then it, um, came on TV and then it, and then those grandparents showed it to their kids who then showed it to their kids who then showed it to their kids. So it has really, um, gathered this delightful cult audience through the years and I, I don't think I know actually because I've I've been talking to Sarah and Bet lately none of us imagined that this would happen with this with this film right a couple of years ago my friend Aaron actually wrote a book called Hocus Pocus in Focus and it's all about and it was sort of at the beginning of of now Disney I feel like is handling it uh, the property a little bit 
better. I always felt for so many years because my generation was the one that like worshipped this movie. And uh-huh. I always felt like, where's the merch? And where's like uh, the respect for it? And then now I feel like it's different. Did you ever along the way feel like Disney was mishandling the property? I don't know if that makes any sense. You know, they they might have or, or, or maybe not, but I never really focused on it or thought of it. I just made the movie and then moved on. Right. <laughs> but um, but there certainly is a lot of merchandise now with our faces on it that we mm-hmm. don't get any money for. But the celebrate for that. Oh, my <laughs> no. God. Party City does no. like a whole thing now. Or <laughs> I think oh, it's Party everybody, City. Everybody yeah. does. And there's dolls and t-shirts and, and the and the fans, I have to say, and I and I'm sure you can imagine this, fans are very oh, they're so exciting and lovely and positive and delightful. And I've seen every have been sent so many art projects and jewelry and, you know, t-shirts and stick figures and they, they really have embraced it. A lot this movie and again who who to thunk i know who to thunk it uh oh mm-hmm. you mentioned you're talking to bet and sarah jessica P- parker and there was just in variety last month it said adam shankman is directing a hocus pocus 2 and it said mm. they hope you guys are involved is, are you guys involved you have to mm. be. you have to be i don't know we'll see we need you kathy i will i will start a petition or i will i will start a gofundme or something to get you guys on screen we need it Go fund me. I don't know what we need. What do I what do I start to get you on a sequel? Everybody donate five dollars to pay <laughs> Whatever Bette it takes to get Bette Miller on screen. I will not accept that the whole movie is about the witches. That's what we need. We will not see a part two if there's no uh Kathy and Jimmy Sarah Jessica Parker and Bette Midler. Queens, icons and legends. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. But so you're doing oh. it, right? No, I don't. I can't say that at all. I'm not. I'm not doing it. You know, until I have a contract and there's a thing. And you know, we all have so many other projects that we're a part of. You know, I'm. I'm. I've morphed more into producing and directing. I have a documentary that I'm making called um, "Blue Woman Red Town" about the 53% of married white women who Donald who voted for Donald Trump. Mm. And I'm going into red states and meeting these women because I'm 63 and the world, the country has never been in my lifetime more divided as it is now. It's been divided, but this is the most. And so I feel like it's important that we know each other um, because they won. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that, and I, I directed uh, and wrote my very first film, which was so much fun. Oh God, oh I can't God. even tell you. Wait, so it's already it's done? It's it's a short. It's just 13 minutes, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a it's three days out of my childhood, and we went back to my actual house in San Diego and filmed it. Was that therapeutic? So therapeutic and so much. I can't even tell you how much fun it was. Like I could have worked with kids because it was about me at 10. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it's not a comedy. It's it's a a little bit of a a social drama. But um, so, and you know, we all have different things that we're attached to or that we owe, you know, some filming to or some pages to. So I don't, I don't, I honest to God don't have an answer for you. Like, I've heard that there's talking and, and, and we've been talking and, you know, I don't know. We're old. (laughs) Stop it. No, stop it. We need it. There's no reason for it not to happen. I mean, throw, they better throw all the money at you guys to get you on screen. Like, I don't care how much it takes. Like I said, we'll do the GoFundMe. (laughs) 
I love that so much. I just think we need um, – that's what Lasagna that, for Hocus Pocus. People will I'll make a, I make a good lasagna, Kathy and Jimmy. I yeah, make, I make a Joy, Joy Behar recipe lasagna. I don't know if you know oh, this, but she God, has the I most – She's the best. But she has this uh, amazing lasagna recipe. I make it all the time, and it's fantastic. So I'll make a few of those. You know, the last time I saw Joy, other than the Sister Act reunion, which, by the way, was so much fun and so just so moving. To, ugh. But um, and I love Mark Shaman. Oh, he's I still get chills when I look at the the clip of that because I hit a wrong note and I looked over at him like I'm so sorry. On the reunion, on the reunion, yeah, one no, wrong I don't note. Remember that. I know, but I did. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was just so great, you know, getting back together with everybody and mm-hmm. seeing everybody. But the but the time before that that I saw Joy was um, the night of the last presidential election. They oh did a God. special. On Lifetime. Um, live. Yeah. Live. Right? I watched so, it. Oh, can you see in our – like I looked over. Yeah. So we, I was on because I um, – was fortunate enough to be a surrogate speaker for Hillary to go to the places she couldn't go to. There were several of us, and I loved it so much. I oh god, I it was, I'm so honored to have done that. I just took my breath away. But so they had me on to sort of be like the Hillary person, thinking, mm-hmm. well, Hillary's going to win. And so we're on live, and I'm about to go out, and somebody said he just took what was it, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. or yeah. And so I walk out, and I'm talking about Hillary, but I'm looking over at Joy, and our eyes are connecting, and my eyes are filled with tears, and her mm-hmm. eyes are filled with tears. It was just such a, a moment to have one of the worst moments of your life. Be Some of the taped. wildest TV I ever remember watching. And you can see the everyone's face on that panel, because I, mm-hmm. I believe everyone on The View at the time was was for Hillary. And you can see just the mood shift. It was so excited. I mean, and that's how the country was too. It was like everyone, mm-hmm. at least in, in my circle, was very excited and optimistic. And then it shifted. And yeah, it was it was bizarre TV because I think producing that show for Lifetime, everyone thought it was going to go a different way. And you could, did Joy or Sarah get like super drunk um, as the night went on or something? Well, there was, um, what's his name? The really handsome chef. Um, you Cur- know him. Curtis Stone was... Was it him um, or someone? No. Um, oh, gosh. He's going to kill me. But anyway, yeah, okay. he's Italian and adorable. But he was on making different cocktails. Yeah. So they were bringing us cocktails and food <laughs> to eat, which, you know, softened the blow a little bit, but not enough. It was just such a dramatic loss of humanity. Just really a sad, sad. My, my husband and daughter were at the Javits Center uh, waiting to meet me there to hear Hillary's acceptance speech. And so I called him right away and said, go home, go home. And um, But you wish it had some uh, Joy's lasagna that night. I wish I had Joy's cocktail <laughs> lasagna, and I don't ever take drugs, but I would have. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember watching it, and I had just gotten, like, this new robe, which like, this fuzzy robe, and I put it on, and I was like, I'm going to relax and treat myself. And then, yeah, the night <laughs> went off uh, yeah. unexpectedly. Um Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, I'll make the lasagna for Hocus Pocus, too, because we need that. You, you know, there's so many places now, too, that um, I'm sure you already know this, that need food where you can donate food or at least you can order groceries to be sent to them. Mm-hmm. Like there's um, AmeriCares and um, there's what, something here in New York called Dumplings for Doctors. You can get, go online and just put in Dumplings for Doctors and you donate a little bit of dough and it goes to all of the healthcare workers, which is, as you know, are the heroes. 
heroes. Heroes of our time. Yeah. And, um, of course, it's leaving my mind now, but so many great places that involve food. My husband has never cooked anything in his life but an egg. He's not a cook. I cook. But this morning he woke up and said, I'm going to bake bread. Because I guess everybody oh, That's so <laughs> sweet like, of him. Yeah. That's so sweet. I was like, great. Ship it over to the hospital, too, because yeah, we don't need it. any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing like heavy baking and I've been donating my baked goods because like I, that's the only thing that calms me down at night. It's like mm-hmm. my boyfriend's like, you need to quit baking. Like all I'm doing is baking and then eating it. So I'm starting to give it out. We have some, some people in my apartment building that, that need food. So I've been handing out the baked goods. Um, Isn't that terribly satisfying? I, we mm-hmm. have, we live in a building with a lot of people and, um, I think a lot of elderly people actually. And so I put something on our building link, which is, I've never been on before, um, that, you know, where you can share items or say things and, and just said, Hey, you know, my husband goes to the store with a face mask and gloves once a week. Do you, if you need any, just email me the list of food and we'll leave it outside your door. And the response, not so much asking us to do it, but the response was so interesting because it's the kind of building where you just get off the elevator and leave and don't really talk to people. We don't have a lot of friends in this building. Mm -hmm. And immediately it just started this whole sort of co-op feeling of, of togetherness and nobody knows what color skin everybody else has or who they voted for, or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's really, um, it's really moving. Actually, it really, it's, you know, we are suffering and we are crying, but I feel like we are, we are learning. Right. Right. And people, I think, in a weird way, are forced to have empathy. I think people who maybe don't have empathy all the time are are being faced with that a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and we're not asking each other who, who we voted for as we pass the casserole of lasagna. Right. Right. Uh, Kathy, I just have a couple more questions for you. I don't want to keep you forever. Um, I mean, I do <laughs> want to keep you forever, but you know, I won't. Um, you're such a brilliant writer. Are you writing any comedy stuff? I mean, I know I loved Kathy and Mo, and so are you working you. on any comedy stuff? You know, I I should be. I, I'm such a reluctant writer because I always think, what makes today be the day that I'm going to write something good? I'm so critical, not of other people's work, but my own. Right. So, like, that was a godsend for you to say that because I really should just start writing. I get ideas about things to write. And I mean, I did, you know, I I wrote the little movie, but I need to write more. I just should write daily and post it and not care. Yeah, just get it out there. You're so funny. Like, of course, I want to see the dramatic stuff too, but you're such a brilliant comedic writer. I think it's a voice that we, I would love to see. Did my agent pay you to say that? (laughs) Kathy, I'm not kidding. This is like a, I mean, I could, I'll probably get off the phone here and I'll cry because I grew up just loving you and everything you were in. And, and the idea that I'm getting to talk to you right now is overwhelming to me. Uh, but I well, was you're always very smart and you're adorable and it's my pleasure. I'm I'm happy to keep talking. Whatever you need, well, whatever you, you want. No, but I just remember looking at you and thinking like, oh my god, she's so fun. E- even in Sister Act two, when you when you pull out like the tape at the end to Jennifer Love Hewitt, which sounds like <laughs> such a stupid moment, but I remember as like a kid being like, oh my god, that's so f- she's so funny. Like when she whipped out the tape, or when mm-hmm. you said the, the the donut is sweet, or what was the line? I'm, um, no, you don't have to taste the donut, the donut to, to know, know it's sweet. sweet. Yeah. Was yeah. that improvised? 
That's I don't think so. No, that was, no, I think that was a lie. I um, think that was a written lie. But so the idea that I'm getting to talk to you is just is crazy right now. But I wanted to ask for all the people listening who are feeling down and who are feeling hopeless, is there a quote or a piece of advice or something that you hold on to when you're having a tough time that you could maybe pass off to people? Wow, that's really good. I wish I was that kind of person who had a bunch of quotes. Um, I could call Gloria really fast. She um, right, she has please. a new book out that's just quote. Um, I would think I don't want to be too fake cheery. Sure. So I would think that I would say, here's what I can share my journey. My journey is, you know, I grew up with a lot of you know, difficult things to, to endure and to figure out. And I, then I, then I kept having to overcome hurdles. And, um, I look, there's something about age where you look back and say, I survived. I survived that. Now this, you know, COVID is, a, is, is different and you don't get the choice of whether to survive a lot of times and families. So really, really, just sets me to tears is the thinking of that people can't be there lo- with their loved ones if they're really sick or dying. And that just dashes me down. But, um, but I, I feel like you can do everything you can do about it and then just give it to whatever you believe in. Right. You know, do everything you can and then just say, have I done everything that I can? And am I really in charge of the whole world? No. Am I really even in charge of my own life? No. And so I try not to worry and think, you know, get up, do your best, add something to humanity. Um, and worrying n- never served me growing up, and I didn't do it, and I'm I'm mm. trying not to do it now. I'm jealous of that. I'm a worry person. I feel like I'm constantly yeah. in my head worrying. Now, what do you tell me? What you're worried about? You know, I just worry. I, I worry more about other people. I think mm-hmm. I'm. you mentioned people not being able to be with their loved ones. And I saw yeah. this morning, uh, there was, I saw a picture of a, fu- of a funeral service and people had to stay back from the, um, mm-hmm. uh, the body and, mm-hmm. and wear these masks and they couldn't even stand next to each other. Mm-hmm. And I was just it, like, I feel terrible that people can't even mourn their losses right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what gets me. What gets me is somebody dying alone in the hospital while their spouse is in the waiting room like that. Just, oof, that just and kills the pe- me. The people who I know are sitting in their apartments alone, and they don't have the the resources to to handle the aloneness. And mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. It, you know, I'm I'm fortunate. I can call up my therapist or mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, go mm-hmm. book my boyfriend and bake some stuff in the kitchen. But mm-hmm. I know that there's so many people that aren't don't have that. And so that just makes me feel terrible. It's very sad. I think that it's your right and your journey to feel terrible. I think we need to just let ourselves feel terrible and then take a shower and then go do some action. Here's the thing. I love the part of me that is an activist, but I have to say it's some, it's like a therapy session. I love it so much. I I, I have to say sometimes I cannot let myself feel the unbearable feeling 
if I do an action. So I will always do an action because obviously being an activist, by the way, is selfish. It makes you feel good about yourself. Being a humanitarian, it's it's all self, but selfish isn't really bad. So you do what you do and hopefully you add to humanity and compassion and democracy Mm -hmm. and equality. Um, But it does make you feel good that you do that. But sometimes I feel like I do instead of feel. Mm. You know, like instead of just crying about the lady who is waiting in the waiting room while her partner is dying in in the bed, you know, 12 feet away, I will donate or tweet or, Mm -hmm. and I really think it's important maybe, and I think, and you've just inspired me to really just sit with it and go, this is freaking sad. Right. I always feel better when somebody says that to me, whether it's a professional voice or just a friend, even when I'm going through something, uh, some, something. sometimes I just want someone to just say, yeah, this sucks right now. This sucks. This is mm-hmm. shitty. This is a shitty time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that makes it validates my feelings. And so then I can move on and feel the next thing. But I think it's hard sometimes when, when that feeling's not validated. So. Right. Yeah. To be able to sit with it. And then you also need to have lots of moments of joy. Like we were talking about the bread and the lasagna. And last night we had a Zoom um, 70s funk disco party <sighs> with about 15 people from LA and New York and all of our friends all over who just tuned into Zoom, which is now, isn't it funny that that's a word we Zoom actually say Zoom is like now. a big thing now. I know. I just started it's a Zooming. Thing. I never even heard of it. So, so we. Put, there was an Aretha on, Franklin album in the eighties called "Who's Zooming Who." I don't know. Oh, I love that. It's song. Neither here Who's nor there, but yeah. right. <laughs> so we, I put on the fringed top and fringed pants and a, a disco light we have in our apartment, <laughs> and everyone. So those moments are really important to dance and dance mm-hmm. and dance. You know, and that was so fun. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my 
personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. I was listening to Rosie O'Donnell was on Howard Stern and she was talking about her Zoom parties with like uh, Meg Ryan and all these celebrities. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds like my dream. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on those as well. Oh, my God. Wait, what's the who's the craziest? Is everyone on there? Like all the best people are on there. Meg Um, Meg is on there. Yep. Yeah, uh, Meg. Who's I worship a good Meg Ryan. I worship her. Oh, uh, yeah. She's really smart, really good friends, very smart. Um, Can you tell her to get back on screen? Like, I miss her so much on screen. I will. You know, she also made a movie and um, directed it and, and helped write it. And um, Ithaca. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know so many things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those Zoom those Zoom nights are good. We also play games on those. We play games on Zoom too. I'm a crazy sycophant game player. What's your favorite game? Oh boy. Well, it depends. We have game night, and my favorite game to play on game night when we're all together is called Running Charades. I oh, love it so much. Right. And then we play a game called the Name Game, uh, where you put a bunch of names in a bowl and you pick them out. And I, I would say to you, uh, she was married to Sonny Bono, and she sure. has one. Uh-huh. And I would say um, she um, should have been president of the United States. And you would say Hillary Clinton. Yes, exactly. So um, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. So exactly. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> so, and, but my game show, I, I love going on game shows. I went on them before I was a known person just to pay rent. And I paid rent for three years on game show money. Um, but then that. as a as a known person, I would go on for charities. And one year, I won $300,000 for charities on game shows. On what show? 
Oh, that was well, throughout on, all the shows that year. Oh my god! All the god. shows that I did, I did a show called um, the Game Show Marathon. I did a show called Celebrity Poker Showdown. I did I for, just so many. Yeah. And look at I love the cherry part so so much, but I equally love the game playing the game part competition. so much. But the best, I think, the best crafted TV game show is the Pyramid. Is the hundred thousand dollar Pyramid mm. because it's very little luck. And it's not just being funny. It's like all gaming, like really good gamers. And I go on that anytime they ask me. I, I'll watch those old reruns of like the uh, Betty White on the game shows. Um, uh-huh. I mean, it's some of the best TV. And talk about just healing. I mean, it's just so fun to watch those old those The old Buzz shows. Network. Mm-hmm. The Buzz Network has those old shows. Yeah, okay, I love that. Two more quick questions. And I'll let you go. Uh, who's <laughs> been your favorite scene partner throughout the years? Um, Sally Field. Who's been the funniest person you've ever worked with? It's really interesting. Wow. Um, wow, that's so interesting. Funniest in the in the piece, or funniest just as a person? Um, as the person. Um, or the Tony person Hale. That, Tony, Tony Hale. Tony Hale on Veep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Veep mm-hmm. was so good. Yeah. Veep was so he's, good. He's hilarious. Well, I of course this is just fresh in my head, but when I was watching Rat Race, I really love John Cleese and um and your scene partner in that John Lovitz makes me laugh uh-huh. and giggle yeah. and like they We had some really that was a really fun movie to do. It was long and we were away from home many months, but um it was and it looked miserable in the, the isn't it like a lot of desert shooting? It seemed like it's a, a lot, lot of, of desert. Yeah. But that concert thing at the end where we got to jump into the audience, that was real and that was fun. And dance, that's that was really fun. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's like so silly. I it's just so silly. And well, it's based on it's a mad, 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 mad world, which I saw growing up, so you know, I I was very familiar to me. More questions. Um, okay, King of the Hill reboot. Are you doing that? That's gonna happen, right? Now that I could tell you, if that would happen, I would say yes right now. This moment, I say it to all anybody who's watching, <laughs> I'm yeah. hearing, hearing. Um, that was uh, 13 years of some of the best years of my life because I had just had my daughter Samia, and I was on another show called um, Veronica's Closet, which I also loved. I watched every episode of that, Kathy and Jimmy with uh, Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley, and we had a blast on that. Um, but King of the Hill, I loved for a couple of reasons. I loved it because I am a writing snob. Like, I don't care so much about other things, but I really care about the writing. And every Monday for 13 years, there would be a script at our door that was better than the next one. The writers were really collaborative, smart, hilarious. The cast was brilliant. And our, like it was our family of uh, fun. And I didn't have to travel away from my kid. It was two days a week. No hair, no makeup, no line memorizing, no 6 a.m. calls. It was the perfect perfect. job. I know it. So I would do that job. I'm telling Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, anybody. It's going to happen. Here I am telling you what the fuck do I know. But I feel like it's happening. Because and what a great character they wrote. Peggy was yeah. the one of the greatest. Oh, God, I loved it so much. I just read this piece this morning about how they're, the networks are looking for more animated stuff because, of course, we don't know how long all of this social distancing is going to be going on. And so um, I heard I had read that they're investing in more projects. And that just seems like such a slam dunk. I mean, I think people love that show so much. So it's got to come back. Come on. And I'm on a couple now. I'm on something called um, uh, Duncanville on Fox. 
mm-hmm. uh, that my friend uh, Amy Poehler and her two really, really great writing creators that they're going to kill me because I don't remember. But um, so that's on that's on the slot that King of the Hill used to be in, Duncanville, and it's so much fun. And then I'm on a Disney Junior show called The Rocketeer, which they rebooted and made The Rocketeer a girl, and the and the family is Lebanese. Oh. I so bet great. my niece and nephew probably watch that. They have Disney Junior on uh, constantly at their house. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And do you yeah, like doing right that? You like doing the animation stuff, right? It's fun to do the voice work. More than anything. Yeah. yeah. More than anything. I don't like like necessarily traveling in some city for six months and living in a hotel and all that. I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm just being honest now, but I sound like a very, very lucky privileged um complainer but if i'm saying if i had my choice yeah yeah of course. I, i'd rather do um i'd rather do voiceover well if i had my choice kathy i'd have you in everything like <laughs> i know you might prefer the animated but we need you on camera as well so right. never give that up you are my new manager <laughs> <laughs> kathy thank you so much i can't wait to see you in hocus pocus three <laughs> with that and sarah jessica uh-uh. Um, I officially did not say that for the record. I know, That's but I'm him saying, saying that. it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Disney's listening, I refuse to watch it unless you're in it. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. This felt healing in a weird way. And I know we've never met in person, but I just thank you. I thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. You are a great, great interviewer. That was the, really a lovely, I had a lovely time with you. I'm sure you have to edit this because we've been doing it for three hours. No, I'm leaving it all. I'm truly leaving it. I'll, I'll edit out the part where you had me on mute, but otherwise. <laughs> Okay. Good. <laughs> Otherwise, it's all going up. Thank, all right, you, thank you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay as sane as possible. And and thank you. You too. Thank you, my love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.